It's springtime for Have a Drink as we talk about Germany. It's German beer today, and we talk about how the Germans tried to perfect the art of beer making. We get into their styles, their history, and the infamous Reinheitsgebot. So come in and have a drink. Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about the glorious drink called beer. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Nice. So, note, if you think the springtime for Hitler reference in the intro was a bit much, you should have seen the others that he wrote that got rejected. I have a problem, and it's that I will never forget World War II. <laughs> I wasn't there, but I know I know a fair bit about it. Look, the others had to be scrapped, and will fly on the video version of the podcast. If you want to come into that next week, there's plenty, plenty of those references, but not here. <laughs> Speaking Nine. of that, um, so the video version. Yeah, you is, may have uh, noticed it's it's not posted. Yeah, and that 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 inaugural episode never will be. Um, turns out it was only for the, those lucky uh live viewers in the chat room or those just watching and not participating in chat um my computer decided it didn't, it didn't like that file and uh i have not been able to find the file no matter what i've done so it maybe crashed. it liked it maybe it liked it too much and it ate it yeah. it was that was the episode was so plagued with problems yeah not even all on our end like it was just Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong, and it caused the episode to go awry. We lost like a couple of our monitors, so we couldn't see the little dock that we'd put together. We were just kind of flying by the seat of our pants, and we still had a good time. But and everything started like twenty minutes late, and then Look. there was a garbled like robot thing that started happening at some point because of the call. We're still not entirely sure what happened there. And then her computer has decided, no, this is garbage, and then crashed in the middle of her editing and just erased the file. Yeah. I mean, not my fault the call revealed that I'm actually a robot <laughs> programmed to drink. Oh, uh, yeah, that was the other fun part. Oh, my gosh. Are you Bender? <laughs> please insert liquor. I'm Bender, baby. Please insert liquor. Uh, yeah. Uh, other than that, that was a fun, a fun live episode. We have another one coming up next week, so... Yes. You know. Yes. If you're listening to this into a timely manner, uh, it'll be a week from the fifth, so it'll be the twelfth, uh, February twelfth. We will be live at six p.m. on Eastern Time on Diamond Only Time Club. Zone that matters. <laughs> Only time zone that matters on DiamondClub.tv. We'll be drinking the Schlafly Slam Pack. Is that it? 
Uh, Smash pack. Smash, Smash pack. pack. Smash pack. It's a uh, single hop, single pack. malt. Smash pack sounds like a '90s like kids toy, doesn't it? Yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> uh, Smash pack. But we announced that in case you want to drink along with us, so we're going to go through those and analyze the beers a little bit. Just talk about we'll talk about the hops and the malts using each one as we're going through. I'll try to analyze as best I can. It's a lot of beer to drink. Okay, no, the Sam Adams one with six in the pack before, way too many. I had to get up and go to work while still drunk. We were both feeling it the next day, because <laughs> we, we get up for work quite early. So, uh, yeah, it was it was an interesting time on that one. Yeah, we quit drinking a little after seven, and I had to be at work by like 3 a.m., so it's like, oh, well, <laughs> not a lot of downtime there. No, but still, yeah. good right. time. We'll we'll work the kinks out of it eventually. We're yeah yeah. So anyone have anything good to drink recently? Uh, I haven't gotten to try a whole lot. Um, we did did I talk about it last time or on the video show of some of the uh, some of the stuff we had the the day before when we kind of all. It'll Hot fly together. now. Anybody that was like that episode's gone to the history. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, we I did get into some of the uh, the uh, what was it called the old uh, the old Greg Rum Barrel. Oh, old yeah. Greg, yeah, my old Greg from Ethereal. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That, that was, was they brought that up to the Braxton Winter Block Party and we got to try it there and it was good. It's real good. Uh, other than that, I've. You know, work's been busy lately. I haven't had time to drink. Yeah, we did. Um, when we all got to meet up, what was that? That who made the red velvet one? Oh, that was yeah. That, that was, was odd. Ballast Point. <laughs> Ballast Point. Yeah. And it was again, as with all their flavored things, in that manner you can taste the chemical flavoring. Yeah. That being said, it tasted like a red velvet cake. It was kind of disturbing. That color was crazy too. I mean, that was yeah. straight ruby red. Like, that was nuts. Um, Casey, what what was it that you got, too? Because that was really good. I don't remember now. It was like an old English oh. ale or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It was an ESB. So, like, it's it's pretty hard to find some good English beers in the U.S. And so I, I found an ESB on the menu and went, I'll have that one, please. Yeah. Um, it was a local brewery. I remember that much that had it. But I... I no, no, I take that. That one wasn't local. But there was a local that I had later. Um, the same night, but it's hard to find a good ESB. Hmm. Yeah. Other than that, we did do the whole Sam Adams, you know, right. seasonal pack. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of the bummer that Had... that's gone. Yeah. yeah Cause but... there were some highs and lows in that pack. Yeah. That's, I, I think my favorite one in there was the hopscape hopscape. Oh, it's so good. Really I gotta good. Say. Yeah. And the, the worst one of the pack was the signature one for the pack that you can only get from it. Oh, the mm-hmm. Australian one. Yeah, that was a little weird. Yeah, I w- it wasn't like disappointingly bad. It was just a little odd. The Hellas was fine, but I feel like I've had it before. Yeah, well, no, yeah. they put that out every year. Yeah, I just well, yeah, but I don't remember when we actually even tried that. Um, but no, I think I think the Hopscape. I I would recommend you know since Hopscape is actually sold by itself right now, I would I'd recommend somebody getting that. Definitely. Oh yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think that's probably about. I think we're ready for some news. We're well, before before we do news, oh. uh, this kind of works oh. in the news. A uh, little bit of an announcement didn't require its own news story. Uh, New Belgium to distribute in all fifty states, starting nearly immediately 
in the yeah. coming weeks, you will be able to find New Belgium in every state. Who was it? Was it Tyler who said that he yes. didn't get it up there? Okay. They do not get it up in Portland, Maine, but it's on its way. They're saying in the next few weeks, all, every state should be able to find New Belgium beers. That's awesome. You get you you can get Fat Tire and all the Portlands now. <laughs> From Portland to Portland. From Portland to Shining Portland. I'm not sure which way you're going to make it Shining, but one of them. You can go either way. Portland to gloomy Portland. <laughs> Unless there's a lighthouse involved. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> one of these days I'll try and time a burp in with that. <laughs> First story, uh, Guinness to build a brewery in the United States. What? World-renowned Irish brewer Guinness will build in the United States. The brewery's parent company, Diego, has chosen Maryland for the build. Diageo. Diageo. Thank you. Uh, the build will be a U.S. version of Dublin's popular Guinness Open Gate Brewery, a mid-sized location and visitor experience in Baltimore County, Maryland. Uh, Diageo? Is that what we said? Yep. The, the Bellagio. The, the Diageo. Okay. You've all, you got to find a way to work it in for me That like that. Uh, is investing $50 million in the project. Facility will brew and feature beers created solely for the American market. The St. James Gate facility will still be the brewing home of the iconic Guinness Stout. So no Stout being brewed here. Now all of a sudden it's less like, you know, I'm less excited. It's less the chocolate factory now. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, this is truly Willy Wonka. I will go through there and come out dead <laughs> the whole point thing. now it's like i'm just gonna come out there drunk <laughs> this new project will reestablish a guinness brewery in the u.s after a 63 year absence uh diageo has chosen relay yeah relay maryland as the preferred location <sighs> for a plethora of reasons <laughs> Including proximity. This story, man, you did this. Yeah, including a proximity to major tourist destinations, skilled nearby labor, and existing structures that the brewery can renovate. Guinness will be renovating a Diageo bottling facility that was shuttered in 2015. So, in this article, they have a picture, and it's what makes me less excited. And it just—it's <laughs> like a big building, and off on the side, it has Guinness blonde. Yeah, mm. they're well. The blonde wasn't. It's not bad. It's yeah. just. It's not, not what that. I want from Guinness. Anything's better than that um, nitro IPA. That, that nitro IPA, IPA yeah. that was god awful, and I think that hit all of our worst of lists. Yeah, I've had worse. Um, yeah, they're hoping for final approval soon and uh, commence construction in the spring. Oh wow, yes, that's coming like now. Uh, the goal is to have Guinness U.S. open by the 200th anniversary of Guinness being first Whoa. imported into the United States. Wow. It'll make you strong, boys. <laughs> and girl. Ninet go Guinness. Indeed. Oh, man. I, I wish they were brewing, you know, everything. But, you know, having a Guinness brewing, you know, uh, a brewing site in, in the U.S. will be pretty exciting. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, just it'll, to go and It'll see. very least to be a place to travel that doesn't require me going to Ireland. Yeah, well, that kind of takes some of the fun out of it. But it'll be cool. Um, the The traditional Guinness Stout is only going to be brewed in Ireland, but some of the new ones that they're doing, like they have a milk stout now, mm, and some yeah. other things, maybe those are going to be being brewed there. I really want, I'm dying to try their milk stout. You know, and I was thinking about this. Like, they there's a good chance they'll they'll attract some you know 
people with some homebrewing experience, people who are like, you know, maybe not, you know, you won't get your, your big, uh, like Bud Miller core brewmasters trying to come over there. You'll probably find some that's a little bit smaller or, you know, willing to experiment with more, more styles of beer than just trying to make the large vat homogenous style beer. Yeah. And you might see some collaborations coming out of this as well. That could be neat too. Uh, so, I mean, there has potential to be a really cool thing. So I'm I'm going to be optimistic. We're going to cross our fingers. I, th- I think it's good. I'm going to say good. Crossing toes, <laughs> legs, eyes. <laughs> Other things. Okay. <laughs> things that won't cause me to go to the emergency room. <laughs> well, in our last episode, uh, our next, not really story, but uh, talking point, we brought it up as one of the premier festivals this year, and it has already come to pass now. Uh, that's uh, Rape Beer Best 2017. Well, yeah. it's for the, it takes place in 2017 for the year of 2016. Or is it the very end of 2016? It's, yeah. No, it's, it a, happened, it's in 2017 it's, for, for 2016. Yes. <laughs> Gotta have the year over so they know yes. no last minute... <laughs> But a uh, big winner that came out of Rape Beer Best 2017 for 2016. It's I don't like how that happens. Anyway, time uh, keeps moving on, Chris. You gotta <laughs> life moves pretty fast. If you don't slow down and read beer winners once in a while, you might miss it. <laughs> then I probably won't miss it because I end up reading a lot of these now. Rape Beer Best 2017 ceremony uh, included best place for beer in the United States. Uh, Recognizing Stone Brewing World Bistro Gardens. Like, there was... Okay. Stone came out with, like, six major awards. And the big shocker of all of it... uh, There's an article from San Diego, and they're going on, but local craft brewer Stone, and you're like, okay, yeah, they're still craft, but you're acting like this is some kind of mom-and-pop establishment that's winning all this. It's like, no, it's Stone. It's They're, they're kind of a big deal. But yeah, uh-huh. uh, the Rape Beer Best is in its 15th year, considers reviews given on more than 470,000 beers around the world, some with over 40,000 reviews to their name, and comes up with the year's best beers, brewers, and beer retailers. Uh, Stone was also named Best Brewer in California, and its location in Deutschland, Stone Brewing World Bistro and Gardens, Berlin, was named Best New Brewer in Berlin, and best place for beer in Germany. Let's go ahead and USA. think about that for a second. USA! <laughs> USA! It, it's only uh, three, for anyone who know, wants to know the chant. It only goes three. doesn't matter when you come in. It's only three. It's long. only three. Uh, <clears throat> no, that's that's a huge deal. Uh, like, I I just imagine there's probably some German people looking going, no, no, it's, it's not true. It's, it can't be right. Take it back. We're good. <laughs> We're good with this beer. I guess the, it wins. The hop forward beers and the kind of things that Stone are making might be just what palates over there are kind of yearning for. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's it's. You know, stuff. It's it's interesting for us to be exporting to Europe, and, you know, American beer being exported to Europe and them loving it and it not being you know. Our, our traditional stuff that we would export where the joke is that it's like having sex on a canoe. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, they have a statement here from Stone. We're thrilled to have received recognition not only for being the highest rated California brewery, but also as a top 100 brewer in the world, says Greg Cook, Stone Brewing executive chairman and co-founder. We're enormously proud and humbled that the voices of our fans enjoying our beers and pubs, restaurants, and homes across the U.S., Mexico, Australia, and now across 19 countries in Western and Eastern Europe have elevated us with this accolade. I think what helps them in that last bit is when they opened a brewery in Germany. So now the fresh hoppy beers are making it over there instead Mm -hmm. of skunked ones. But with Stone being the big winner, there were a lot of other winners as well. We're all winners, really. Uh, You can, the lists are floating around. It's easy to find it. Just put in uh, rate beer best 2017 and you'll find it. Uh, but you can go through every state. They give the three top ones, uh, the top beer, the top brewer, and best new brewer. And there are some odd things that happened. <laughs> and some not odd things <laughs> when you read through here. Um, let's see. You can go to Delaware. Hmm. Delaware. Someone tell me the top brewer from <laughs> Delaware. Uh, Without looking at the Brooked list. Hammock Brewing? <laughs> no, they're the best new brewer. It's best new. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's something to do with cats and birds, maybe. <laughs> Doctor's Head Brewery. Duh. But what I did like is uh, top beer for all of Delaware was the Worldwide Stout, huh. which was yeah. delicious. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, really good. I love some of the names of the, the new brewers. It's just like, because, I mean, there's so many out there now. It's really refreshing that like people are still coming up with very interesting. Just like okay, yeah, good, for, good for you. Some of the There's best so many ways. Yeah. yeah, some of the I best like... beers. As you go down the list, you're kind of like, well, those are like the understood to be good ones. What else is there? Because you go down through there. Illinois' best beer, Goose Island Bourbon County Stout. Yeah. You... You're like, you know, Duh. we know, we all know it's good. I mean, it's that's like how like the Lord of the Rings movies stopped being nominated for stuff. You know, yeah, that's how they <laughs> destroyed they destroyed the Oscars with the Lord of the Rings because now blockbusters can't win because they won everything forever. And like Indiana, Three Floyds, Dark Lord, Russian Imperial Stout. And it's like, duh. Yeah, I mean, there's a, a festival around it. <laughs> like, come on, something else. Yeah, I don't know, but. Uh, we slide down to good old Kentucky. Against the grain. Against the grain. Seventy K was best beer. It's and really they got beer. best. They got Breast Brewery too. Yeah, uh, best brewery and third turn brewing was best new brewer for us here in Kentucky. I don't know where third turns out of. I'm going to assume Louisville. I like that um, Jackie O's got it for Ohio. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well. Yeah, the Pub and Brewery and for Best Beer, Jackie O's Iced Coffee Apparition. Apparition is their uh, Imperial Stout. And I have not seen the Iced Coffee one floating around. Yeah. I'm assuming it's probably taproom only. Oh my god, why have not I not had... So the, the top one for Pennsylvania is a beer called Man Bear Pig. Oh yeah, Voodoo Man Bear Pig. <laughs> That's amazing. Voodoo Man yes. There's no new breweries in Pennsylvania. Apparently, or, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, they, they they quit. <laughs> just, None. They just Mexico, lost actually. breweries. There's there's more of them that are empty than I realized. Yeah. Oh, there are a few, aren't there? Wyoming. Like Maine, Maine doesn't have one. For for best new. Huh. For best new, yeah. Odd. 
And the, the other nice thing is um, it's not just the U.S. So they do have um, uh, Germany, England, and Canada on this list. So that's pretty nice. Um, uh, I'm going to use the England one to make up fake English uh, <laughs> counties and shires. Sure. Oh, yes. No, West West Cambridge upon Dorsetshire. <laughs> to say there actually is a Cambridge Shire, so I was like, it is, you can't finish it. <laughs> it is interesting to look at, uh, if you go to top brewers and best new brewers, to look at that, when you go to England, all the top brewers are pretty much like one word. <laughs> and then yeah. you go and look at all the American ones, and they are these... Like strange, fun Joseph names. James Brewing Company, you know, Smutty Nose Brewing Company, La Combra Brewing Company, like Jackie O's Pub and Brewery, Tired Hands Brewing Company, and then you scroll down to the England ones, and it's just Harbor. Durham. Buxton. Please don't make me say any of the German brewery names. No, I want you to start reading. <laughs> it looks really hard. Start reading one to one in the bottom and start working your way up. No. Come on. <laughs> Give it a shot. We have enough Museum of this later. Museum <laughs> We're going to have enough of this, this fun time later. Oberbrubenfuhrer oh, yeah. Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting list to go through. So um, it, it'll be posted on the show notes if, uh, if it was. I have a look at that as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, really interesting things to just kind of nose through there. But one of the first big festivals of the year highlighting last year instead of the I mean, current year. You got to make sure. Well, you got to make sure you've got the whole year in. So mm. someone have- came out with a beer on, you know, New Year's Eve. Got to make sure that counts. And they did. Indeed. All right. Let's roll into this last story. So Bell's Brewery has named a new CEO. Did they Did they kill the previous CEO and eat their heart for their courage? That would have been a lot better. Uh, <laughs> Laura Bell has Laura been, Bell? That's a weird that's, first that's name. That's her first and last name, okay? Wow. When you read through it, you're I, like, wait. <laughs> look, we, we, we all grew up from an area where Laura Bell... <laughs> Wouldn't be an unreasonable first name. Yeah, yeah you would. Yeah, cons- yeah. You would probably have been in school with this. Or one person. of those hyphenated, yeah, situations. Yeah. But Laura Bell has been named chief executive officer of Bell's Brewing Inc. Uh, Bell will oversee all operations and planning for Bell's, which is considered the seventh largest craft brewer in the United States, and its sister brewery in Escanaba. Sure. Escanaba. Sure. I know. Upper Hand Brewery. Laura Bell is the daughter of Bell's founder, Larry Bell. Oh. All these names. Why do they have <laughs> I to... See, I see we're keeping it in the family. <laughs> yes. Larry Bell will continue as the company's president and remain active in various projects, including long-term planning and overseeing the overall direction of the business, with Laura reporting directly to him. Laura that's, Bell... That's, that's pretty impressive with... Or having eaten his heart for her for his courage. <laughs> Indeed, it's now just a can of hop slam beating. That is his <laughs> new heart. Uh, that's why all the current ones are watered down. Laura Bell, oh. thirty-one, was two months old when her father founded the company in nineteen eighty-five. When I was born, she is, she is <laughs> thirty-one years old, and that's insane. Is in charge of a major. Craft brewery. I mean, go her, yeah. I guess, but you know, good job. It's all in who you know. It's all in who you know. Just makes me makes me look at myself and say, "What have I done with my life?" Right? Yeah. Literally it's our fine. age, and I'm just like, it's fine. Uh, I've got, I got, I got like a year and a half. I can. 
and take over my dad's multi-million. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she is a co-owner of the brewery and was previously its vice president. The role of CEO is new to Bell's. Uh, Bell's originating in Kalamazoo and maintains its eccentric cafe downtown. Its production operation is just east of the city in Comstock Township. This marks the beginning of the next chapter for our family-owned business, and I am very proud of the leader Laura has become, Larry Bell said in a news release. Uh, Bell's the well-known maker of Over and Too Hearted Ale and growing portfolio of craft beers with an expanding distribution throughout the United States. Yeah, added on to that one, uh, I think Hop Slam this year was the first year it was ever going to make it to Colorado. Ooh. So they said it was definitely going to make it out to Denver this time. Sweet. Yeah, no, that's it's nice to see them some, see them growing out in their distributing range as well. Oh, yeah. I don't want to hear one word from you, Casey. <laughs> and they won uh, what? at Rate Beer Best. They won for... Uh, Best Brewery in Michigan and Best Beer for Black Note. I still have it. Uh, th- that one, I'm just like, really? F- not Founders wasn't there for that? Like, I don't. <laughs> I, 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 even I, like, I don't hate Bells, but I'm just like, I feel like Founders should pretty much always win that. Okay. <laughs> Bells is doing great stuff, and I am just, I'm a Founders fanboy through and through. I will, I will carry that torch and wave that flag everywhere. Mm. But, right. I can see how Bells could come in and get it. Mm. They're, they 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 are making some some quality stuff. So I think they, they are, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> founders. <laughs> uh, no, and like I don't get me wrong, I love founders too. Yeah. Uh, but I will not hold one. I will not choose favorites in in the brewery game. <laughs> right. So choose between my children. You will lose. That I drink to get drunk. <laughs> Wait. I mean, I don't know how kids work. I don't think. <laughs> I think you're missing something there, but um, you got a little while. <laughs> Laura started working at the brewery full time in 2007. Since then, she has spent time in sales, beer production, and marketing. Uh, as vice president, she oversaw the brewery's business insights, government compliance, marketing, sales, and specialty brewing departments. So she's made her way around the company. She's she's gotten a taste of just about it seems every level. That that looks like you know, grooming right there, just to make sure she's yep. she's able to to know everything about all of the uh, about the whole business. Yeah, that's she, that's good, and I think we'll see we'll see it maintain its current course. I'm sure, but I don't think anything is going to go awry. The ship isn't going to sink. This just in: uh, Bell's Brewery burned to the ground in celebratory party. I don't think we're seeing that headline actually, but all right. Okay. Uh, what do we got in Untapped? Get riggedy, riggedy, All right. Well, we have the con- <clears throat> first up. We have the continually hopped with dogfish head. Uh, when you're continually hopped, uh, is that dosing? Yeah, dosing. Yeah, I'm praying wanted to say dousing. I, like, no. <laughs> I mean, no. Uh, dosing with hops throughout the entire boil, you end up with outrageously hoppy and balanced IPA. The biggest difference in the method is to eliminate the crushing bitterness you may come to expect from highly hopped IPAs. This method, uh, this is the method our friends at Dogfish Head use when crafting their famous 60-minute and 90-minute IPAs, which explain why they are not only satisfy uh, they not only satisfy the most intense hop craving, but go down smooth. 
really glad I have this badge because I love me some uh, some Doctor's Head IPAs. Yeah, I've got them both in the fridge. Going to be chasing those badges when we finish up here. <laughs> I think I need to go get the the sixty minute, but I've got the ninety minute in the fridge right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, enjoy both of these marvels of hopping, and you can unlock two brand new badges. Check into one sixty minute IPA uh, Dogfish Head, and you'll unlock continually hopped sixty minute. And follow it up with one check-in to a 90-minute uh, IPA, and the continually hopped 90 uh, continually hopped IPA's 90-minute badge is yours. Both badges are available from January 24th to March 24th. So we got a little bit of time still, yeah. uh, oh, so yeah. be sure to track down both and enjoy some continually hopped goodness. Good stuff. This is. I always say that the the sculpin was what kind of helped you know trick me into IPAs. Yeah. The the ninety minute and the sixty minute I think are also what what tricked me into them because I was like oh oh that's how they can be when they're balanced <laughs> oh yeah right. yeah <laughs> seriously um right all right so the, the next one is uh, become a beer city brusader in twenty seventeen says are you ready for a brand new challenge in twenty seventeen it's time to become a beer city brusader and uh, if you did in twenty sixteen it's time to upgrade for the new year. So um, they're calling Grand Rapids, Michigan, Beer City, USA. Uh, continues it's to make its presence known. accurate. Yeah, it's like, yeah, no, yeah. good call. Um, <laughs> so it uh, continues to make its presence known in the American craft beer scene. With such a prestigious title, it's no surprise that the Beer City Ale Trail boasts 60-plus breweries within a 60-minute drive of Grand Rapids. Join those known as the Brew Saders and embark upon the journey of finding the perfect pint of Grand Rapids beer. Um, so you can be, get the badge uh, by checking into five different beers from the list of Grand Rapids-based breweries anytime throughout 2017, and it's uh, more than 30. Gr- yeah, more than 30 breweries are uh, represented here, so you shouldn't have too much trouble. <laughs> um, so yeah, and this one lasts the whole year, so your time frame is pretty good too. Um, there, we'll we'll definitely supply. This is going to be on the link like they normally are for the show notes. I do recommend going through this list, but it's stuff that you would expect, like, you know, the big ones like New Holland, um, obviously, like, uh, Founders is on there. And Atwater. Then, yeah, Atwater. Hopcat, even. Hey, original Hopcat. Yep. Um, yeah. But, yeah, and then I'm sure, like, a bunch of more strictly local ones. So whether you're in Grand Rapids or not, um, if you can find some of these, you should be good to go. Yeah. No, there's a lot of good beer uh, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh the last time I went through there a few years back, I was like, oh, oh, there's a brewery in every corner. <laughs> like Starbucks. <laughs> it's like Denver was. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So what's next? Right. So next up is Azaka for you, Azaka for me, where you can experience Founders Azaka IPA. Um, this is the way you get this badge is you check into one Azaka IPA during the month of February. And the Experience Founder badge is all yours. So Azaka is that tropical fruit, experimental hop. Um, it was one of those big beers that founders picked up. And so now I think you can even get it in 15 packs. Oh, oh yeah. 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 I saw those. It's very tempting every time I'm out. I see those big 15-pack cans. I'm like, oh, I love it so much. I want to see that arranged in a way that like you just have to grab the center of it. And it's like a, a flower of, <laughs> of cans. You just pull one off. You're... <laughs> I have a new way to design can packaging now. 
Millions in it. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so basically you'll grab an Azaka and you'll knock out a few badges at once. Ooh. There you go. Oh, yeah. Sounds that stuff's delicious. It does sound delicious. Mm-hmm. Get you moving in the right direction. Well. All right, so I believe we have a show. Let's, uh, we, have, we have a topic. A topic. We have a little topic here. Oh, already moving on to number two here. It just occurred to me. I probably should have looked for like a German sound clip, but oh well. That's we fine. should have looked for one of the Germans <laughs> from Beerfest. Yeah. What is it, Grandpapa? Missed out on that entirely. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Grandpapa, you make that yours. Oh God! We do a new new show where we just talk about beer fest. Uh, <laughs> do Have a, a beer fest. No, the best. I'll, my favorite behind the scenes thing is really talking about because the guy who played the uh, the grandfather for the Germans, he was actually in Das Boot. Oh, yeah, he was one of right. the stars of Das Boot, and they make these constant <laughs> Das Boot references throughout oh, it. And they right made down, they right made down up, to the submarine scene. Yeah, they made up German sounding words for them to say that were just like gibberish because he would look at them and be like, this isn't even German. <laughs> They're like, no one will know the difference. <laughs> They're like, no one will know. And it's funny. Just say it. <laughs> like when one of them's like, it's time to shiza, get off the crapper. Like it's, it's not even German. <laughs> He's like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. All right. Enough, enough German jokes. Let's, let's move on to the, to the history of German beers. Uh, so I've got a thing here that says the oldest evidence of germ- of beer that was brewed in Germany comes from 800 BC. Uh, it's called Amorpha? Amorphe from what is known as... Here we go, guys. I was going to say, let's just warn everybody uh, now. Yeah. The words in this episode <laughs> will in- likely not be entirely correct. Okay, you, were, you can go ahead and just... know German in any way... <laughs> I'm going to cause you to have a stroke, and yeah, I apologize. We are sorry. The word you're getting ready to say, uh, archaeologists sum it up and just say Hallstatt. I don't know if you've ever heard of Hallstatt, man, but it's uh, they just refer to that region as Hallstatt, if you want to save yourself trying to say the whole thing. Hallenstadt Zies. Okay, <laughs> or you can just jump in there. Just jump straight in. Found near Comblach. Uh, uh, by the second century uh, AD, the beer was already being traded commercially. This verified by a beer publisher's tablet found near uh, Trier. Trier. Uh, and it says here, as to the Egyptians, beer was not just for sacrificing to gods. Uh, <laughs> beer. It's not just for deities anymore. <laughs> it's for the common uh, man. That's right. Uh, that is why, for example, the Finnish verses of the uh, what was, how did I go again, Brittany Kav Kavalala? Uh, the Kalevala. Kalevala. I knew one of those things. Be- <laughs> yeah, not Kava. Kava not going to work here anymore. <laughs> uh, the Kavavala, whatever. There, it's four hundred verses. Kalevala is dedicated. Uh, four hundred verses dedicated to the production of beer. Uh, while the creation of the world only gets 200. Uh, like bread baking, brewing uh, in the earliest centuries was the work of uh, work of women. 
Uh, not until the turn of the first millennium do the cloisters take up brewing. The monks were particularly interested in the scientific aspect of brewing, so that it was uh, at the... All right, here we go again. Brabant Cloister near... Uh, cloister Zum... Versen? Yeah, me. Sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for like approval and everyone's like uh, sure why not follow your heart there's a reason we don't have this section <laughs> no no one else's section is any it's, better no I tried to make sure they got spread around a bit uh, anyway uh, from that cloister the, the, the they let's try to let's, let's redo that sentence since that went sideways so quickly uh, they were interested in the scientific aspect of brewing so at uh, that cloister, the that hops uh, were tried for the very first time. Uh, that probably led to the legend of the Brabant King Gambrinus was the inventor of beer. Uh, he is still remembered today as a great patron of brewers and a beer lover in his own right. Uh, the monks did not brew beer just for their own thirst. Many paintings of the era show that they were very devoted to the, to this drink. And with time, many of the cloisters developed into very lucrative businesses. And as compensation, the monks legally had the right to market beer. This led to the birth of Kloisterstecken. <laughs> remember, like, remember when we mentioned like made-up words from Beer Fest? That, <laughs> that seems like it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, those were tap rooms where the monks could sell their beer to go. Hmm. Ye old growlers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's nice to know um, it's a tradition that carries on to this day. Uh, but uh, in the uh, in the meantime, the craft of brewing had become respectable profession, and in many cities that were uh, that were springing up in Germ- uh, springing up in Germany, the, uh, beer tithes and taxes were f- uh, fi- filling the coffers, especially those of the royalty. The purchase of cloister beer threatened this tax source, so many heads of state banned it. First to do so was Kaiser Sigmund, and by 1803, the secularization became the end of many cloister breweries, and only a few survived. Ah, it's a sad thing. I understand. I I know why they did it because, you know, money. Yeah. Still, still not cool. Uh, the today there are only eleven of them left. The most famous being, uh, Endex and Endex and Etel, Etel. A prominent date within the history of beer is, without a doubt, the enactment of the Reinheitsgebot. 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 In fifteen sixteen, by Duke Wilhelm the Fourth of Bavaria, it is said that beer could only be brewed from barley, later barley malt, hops, and water. The usage of yeast was not yet known at the time, and was usually left to chance. Yeast in the air. And the Reinheitsgebot is the oldest still-enforced food regulation in the world. Jeez. Yeah. I think I knew that part, yeah. Yeah, the fact that uh, they had to amend it in later years to include yeast because they didn't even know yeast was a thing at that point. Well, they had their magic wands that they stirred beer with. (laughs) Which was carrying the yeast from batch to batch. (laughs) Yes. I was going to say, I'm not kidding. No, yeah, that's exactly it. And it was just by chance. It's kind of just strange. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. Let's continue with a little more history. A king becomes a brewer. Berlin also has an old brewing tradition. Uh, under the Prussian soldier king, Frederick Wilhelm I, beer became... Oh, now it's my turn. <laughs> yes. 
Hoffig. 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 Uh, or I'm guessing. Fit for the Court, which with his legendary, oh God. <laughs> that word. Oh. Tabascalgium? <laughs> I demand a Google Translate or a Google pronunciation on that. Let me try to Tab- find that. Tab- nope. Tabascal. I've had like three years of German, and this word completely is tripping me up. Okay, I've. Tabascalgium. <laughs> sure. Just. Just start tossing a lot of All right, try that again. Tabax collegium. That's a slow one. Hold on. Tabax collegium. Tabax collegium. Okay. Tabax collegium. Needs more phlegm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Or tobacco board, which is what it translates. Uh, Frederick Wilhelm first brought what was perhaps the first stamatish round into being. Uh, The stamatish is a German tradition. A big table where friends, neighbors, and guests gather frequently to relax, celebrate, or just pass the time. Frederick Wilhelm I even let his son become a brewer. That son was uh, later known as Frederick der Gossa. Goss? Or Frederick the Great. (laughs) Frederick the Gossa. (laughs) Frederick the Gossa. (laughs) The Grossa. Uh, Frederick the Great. You may have heard of him. He's kind of important. Uh, Mm -hmm. The industrial development of brewing began in the first half of the 19th century, and Spaten was the first, or was at the forefront of innovation. Uh, The precursor for it was the invention of the steam engine by James Watt for uh, for firing brew houses and artificial refrigeration by Carl von Lind, developed at the request of and while working for Gabriel Sidlamar II of the Spaten Brewery. So we kind of owe refrigeration to Spaten. So again, how beer changed the world. Nice. It's true. It has been scientifically proved that the production of constant quality beer demanded certain temperatures. Temperatures that at the time were only available in the winter months uh, the invention of refrigeration made it possible to brew year-round. Another decisive development was the discovery of microorganisms by Louis Pasteur. Hmm. Like we've <laughs> mentioned him a few times on this show. Yeah. Uh, nope, never heard of him. <laughs> thus, the science of the fermentation process was finally established. So, yeah, it's kind of setting it down. The old-world brewing tradition just, I mean, set the modern world in motion. Yeah, well, and a lot of it, they need to make more beer better, cleaner, and more efficiently, so. Look, I mean, sometimes we make the world a better place by chasing that next drunk. (laughs) Gotta keep chasing that dragon. Indeed. That delicious hoppy dragon. All right, uh, now we move into uh, the Rhein Heiskabut. Rhein Heiskabut! Rhein Heiskabut! I'm gonna be deaf by the end of this episode. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, the most influential predecessor of the modern Rheinheiskabut was a law first adopted in the Duchy of Munich in 1487, after Bavaria was reunited. Reunited, the and Munich felt so good. <laughs> the Munich law was adopted across the entirety of Bavaria on April 23rd, 1516. As Germany unified, Bavaria pushed for adoption of this law on a national basis. Oh, Germany. Okay. Um, <laughs> following is an English translation of the Rheinheiskabut. Rheinheiskabut. Uh, adopted Rheinheiskabut. in 1516, the oldest provision still enforced to protect the consumer. 
Okay, so it says, uh, we hereby proclaim and decree by authority of our province that henceforth in the Duchy of Bavaria, in the country as well as in the cities and marketplaces, the following rules apply to the sale of beer. From Michaelmas to Georgie, I'm probably saying that wrong, um, the prince for one mass, which is a price for one mass. God, I can't read. The price for one mass, which is a Bavarian liter, or one kopf, which is a bowl-shaped container for fluids, not quite one mass, is not to exceed one fennec, Munich value. Yeah. And the cop not more than uh, three heller, which is usually one half of fennec. Okay. Wow. This is really uh, (laughs) (laughs) getting in there. Um, If this is not to be adhered to, the punishment stated below shall be administered. Should any person brew or otherwise have other beer than than March beer... It is not to be sold any higher than one fennig per mass. Furthermore, we wish to emphasize that in the future, in all cities, markets, and in the country, the only ingredients used for the brewing of beer must be barley, hops, and water. Whosoever knowingly disregards or transgresses upon this ordinance shall be punished by the court authorities confiscating such barrels of beer without fail. <laughs> I just feel like, nope, nope, you broke the rules. We're going to drink this nope. now. Taking this out. Sorry. <laughs> Stars now. Um, should, however, an innkeeper in the, in the country, city, or markets buy two or three pails of beer containing 60 mass and sell it again to common peasantry, he alone shall be permitted to charge one heller more for the mass of the cop than mentioned above. Furthermore, should there arise a scarcity and subsequent price increase of the barley, also considering that the times of harvest differ due to location, we, the Bavarian Duchy, shall have the right to order curtailments for the good of all concerned. <laughs> There's a lot more price fixing in the Rhine High School than, <laughs> yeah. I, than I realized. So there you have it. That is the, the translated version yeah. of the Reinheitsgebot. So which set in motion beer for the next umpteen hundreds of years. No. Yeah. Until One paragraph of that is about beer purity the rest of that is about how you can price your beer yeah the markets um so it was introduced in part to prevent price competition with bakers for wheat and rye which i guess sure at the time would make a lot of sense uh the restriction of grains and (laughs) barley imagine the bakers were going no no you can't buy all of it (laughs) yeah we need some of the barley (laughs) yeah i mean sure go ahead um the restriction of grains to barley was meant to ensure the availability of affordable bread, as wheat and rye were reserved for use by bakers. It has also been argued that the rule had a protectionist role, as beers from North or northern Germany often contain additives that were not present in Bavarian beer. Um, religious conserv- conservatism may have also played a role in adoption of the rule in Bavaria to suppress the use of plants that were allegedly used in pagan rituals, such as Groot. Or Gruid. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, The rule also excluded problematic methods of preserving beer, such as soot, uh, stinging nettle, and henbane. I am Gruid. That's so funny. It was also meant to be like, no, these were used for pagan stuff. (laughs) Possibly. Also, would you drink Groot brewed beer? Beer brewed from from Groot from Guardians of the Galaxy? (laughs) I was going to say yes. I would. I w- what is that actually? Uh, 
Really? Yeah, I got nothing. Baby tree? <laughs> it's not a baby tree. Um, I have to look this up now. I found it. Oh, oh, she found it. <laughs> it's an old-fashioned herb mixture used for bittering and flavoring the beer, and it was around before hops, basically. Oh. All right. There you go. Going into styles, um, we've kind of broken these down into three big areas with some uh, a little bit of a category on the outside of that. But when you look at the three big styles, the first one we're going to start off with is wheat beers. So wheat, wheat, wheat. Uh, wheat, wheat is big in Germany, of course. So uh, the first one on the list that everyone's probably going to have heard of um, is the Weizen beer. Um, it's the German wheat beer, German white beer. Um, so that is like the standard wheat beer that you're you're very commonly seen in Germany, uh, or at least mm-hmm. in German German style produced beers. Right. Um, Weizenbach. So it's a wheat beer that is a Bach. Um, a Roggen beer, a fairly dark kind of a uh, a dark wheat beer but it's also made with rye got a grainy flavor similar to bread uh, closer to like bread it's closer to like you know bread in a glass yeah yeah uh the rogan's got a, i mean it's, it's definitely darker you can tell a difference on that end um the berliner weiss of course this mm. the sour um mm. <laughs> alternate fermentation beer um uh, the gosa so you've got it in this one it, it goes like to the Leipziger Agosa, which is an amber, mildly sour version with salt added in, of course, from mm-hmm. Leipzig. Um, still, again, ranging in like the 4 to 5% ABV. Uh, the Hefeweizen. So you can have a, a Weiss beer that's the white or wheat beer, but it may not be the, the Hefeweizen. The Hefeweizens have more of a uh, bubblegummy clove flavor to them. So, oh, definitely. What kind of gum are you chewing? <laughs> the best. Original double bubble. Banana. <laughs> what kind of gum are you chewing? Clove, man. I have to get <laughs> off my to get off my clove cigarette habit. <laughs> yeah, or a banana. They could have a banana flavor. Um, good on that one. Uh, next up in the wheat beer category would be Crystal Weissen, which is a completely clear wheat beer. It's been filtered, so you get all the wheat beer cloudiness out of it. But uh, it, it's a wheat beer that's clear. Um, and then one that I had never heard before is the the Cotbuster the or Cotbooster. Um, an heirloom style is how, it, how it's referred to here. But uh, uh, from the city of Cotbus with... Uh, Oats and honey and molasses and wheat and barley malts. Ooh, I, I would love to about try this that. Is mis- something about this is mispronounced, I'm sure, but it just <clears throat> the way it sounds is like, oh god, just don't laugh. But then, <laughs> um, and then you've got on the other end, so you've got your wheat beer bases, and then you have on the other end your pale and dark beers. So you've got the alt beer, uh, originally from Dusseldorf uh, in the Lower Rhine region. Uh, it is uh, a it's it's sort of one of those alternative fermentation beers, um, very similar to the another one that we're going to talk about here, and that's the Kolsch. So uh, alt beer and Kolsch both have odd fermentation types. Uh, both are from Germany, um, but the Kolsch can only be brewed in the Cologne region. Mm-hmm. Um, then you've got export style, uh, which is another Dortmunder style beer. Um, Dortmund Export, it's a little bit higher in the ABV, still not a huge alcohol by volume, but it, this style was really popular in the 50s and 60s. It's uh, you know dying off a little bit now. Um, Hella? No, I would say there's not a whole lot of them, at least in wheat and pale beers, that are 
super high in ABV. Right. Mm. Yeah. Not even not even some like you got to find like some pretty strong uh, double box, and that's about. Yeah. So most of these beers are made to be just consumed day in and day out. You know, not even after yeah. a, a hard day's work. You know, you've worked in the mines all day, and you're ready for a good five or six beers in in Dusseldorf, and so you'll go and have an alt beer or something. So. Um, that's sort of the way it goes. Uh, the Hellas is a kind of a very pale, malty lager. Uh, it's a great beer style. If you're going from like a Bud Miller Coors, it's a great kind of in-between to get you into craft beer, at least uh, non-domestic beers. I got to say, uh, the Hellas you brewed, was that last year or the year before? Probably. It's been a while, yeah. It was exceptional. Yeah, such a it's a difficult beer to brew because it is a lager and it's there's not a whole lot to hide behind. It's a, a pale lager, a very light flavor. So you've got to you've got to pay real close attention to that beer to to have it come out correct. Um, the Maybach and the Marzen, both uh, kind of named after periods when you would brew the beer. Uh, the Maybach, of course, in May in the spring, and so uh, a stronger lager about. Six and a half to seven percent ABV. Um, the Marzen, the Oktoberfest style mm. beer, uh, to some extent. So Oktoberfest is a, a more alcoholic version of it, but the Marzen, you know, you you brew it and let it sit and lager for a, a good amount of time. Mm. And then finally, probably one of the most popular beers in the world, um, with you know, it says here about two thirds of the market. At one point, it made up literally 95 percent of the market i believe it's the pilsner style mm. um a good even pilsner though it's on a hot day yeah i mean yeah. and this is the german style pilsner so it's not the right. pilsner or kale style not the the czech pills right yeah okay so coming up next we've got dark beer styles which i think you go directly from there into the the box and you oh, gotta yeah. go into those box because they're high-end alcohol um, the regular Bach, a heavy body, bittersweet lager, high color malts, the Doppelbach, it's, you know, the first, uh, double IPAs have, have jumped on this, all these double and Imperial everything. Well, Doppelbach was really probably the first one. <laughs> yeah. To do Doppelbach it. was into it before it was cool. <laughs> it's, yeah. the, it's the hipster of beers. Right. So you've got that one coming out with, uh, eight to 12% ABV in that, in that range. Um, the one beer to, uh, to really make me kind of go ugh is the Dunkel. Oh come on, like, come on! Two liters down and and a couple <laughs> pints of uh, whiskey made for a bad night. Well, that's well, true. Yeah. <laughs> reference that, reference Halloween horror stories. Look, I went through the same thing. Still love it. <laughs> yeah, that's five liters of Dunkel, and I still go back to it. Uh, yeah, and so there's also another one that's uh, is that on this is that. No, it's not here. Okay, so uh, there's a there's a combo between two that's not actually listed here, and that's the Dunkel Vice, which is oh, yeah. a dark dark wheat beer. It's not oh, listed yeah. out here, but that's an that's another one that uh, could be on this list. Uh, no, never mind. I almost picked up one of those today. Yeah. <laughs> so Dunkel Vice uh, is a good one. Schwartz beer, uh, which is a basically you shouldn't be able to unless you're looking at it, shouldn't be able to really tell a Schwartz beer apart from most lagers. Um, here it says it should be a full roasty chocolatey flavor. On the 
homebrew side of things, if your Schwartz beer has a full roasty chocolatey flavor, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> you failed. You basically want a very light flavored, easy drinking beer that only just has a dark color. And that's pretty much all it's got. And uh, the color only is what you're looking for. Um, there is a sort of, sort of an off, uh, off category of unfiltered beers. They call them Keller beers. Unfiltered lagers conditioned in small manner to in a similar manner to cask ales. Uh, strength and color will vary. It's a style of, of producing beer more than it is just a single style of its own. Um, this, this comes back to the Zwickel beer, uh, which was a sample that was taken out of a barrel. And so that sample was lower in carbonation, was unfiltered, was a lot cloudier. And so that's kind of the, the, the style is based around that. Um, I don't know why it caught on, though, because uh, that, that seems like not very great things unless yeah. it was just something that... Yeah. Let, let's get this beer out quick and that's how it goes <laughs> yeah um, and then someone also, developed a taste for it and yeah there's also one style worth mentioning even though it's technically not a beer uh, it probably did start early on as a beer and that's the uh, Kindle beer or uh, yeah Kindle beer is basically a, a good way to put it um, it's malt beverages that are served to children um, that are very similar to beer. It's kind of like a beer soda pop. So that'd be um, like the modern uh, hop water. Uh, probably. This they don't have as much of a um, not as much of a hop flavor, and actually you can flavor them like sweetened syrups, very similar to the way you would do with a uh, um, a Berliner Weiss. So you can kind of put that in there and and sweeten it up, but. Uh, you know, very if any alcohol at all, it's very low to none, um, and it's basically just kind of a what you would serve to a kid if they came to the bar with you, and you didn't want to give them a big old doppelbock. I think every kid should uh, saddle up and have their first doppelbock. I mean, come right? On. That seems <laughs> obviously. Have a room full of six-year-olds with doppelbocks. <laughs> There's nothing that'll go wrong. Uh, room full of kids with. Golden trucks. <laughs> All right, uh, that's our glazing over of <laughs> this topic. There is, it's kind of stupefying how much there is to talk about when you get into the broad spectrum of Germany and beer. But this kind of starts to narrow it down into other areas. And we've already talked about some of these styles of beer before, and there's still plenty more for us to get into. So, yeah, we did uh, our Bach episodes. If you want to know more about the Bach, go and check that episode out. Uh, we did the Meritzen Bowl. If you want to know more about that and some of the common styles, or uh, the ones that are being put out for us uh, by craft brewers and for import, check out the uh, Meritzen Bowl episode where we go through way too many of them in way too short a period. <laughs> no, we went through my champions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I can't even think of how many of these styles we've already covered. I know there's covered quite, well, like we did like loggers and ales, so well, that, technically covered. Yeah, that's a huge <laughs> glossing over. Yeah, like we have uh, to get more into that. Oh, we but yeah, <laughs> the we've covered a, we covered a fair bit. We still have a lot of them to go. Oh yeah. Uh, but there's it, it's nice just to you know think about like there, 
all of these styles came from Germany. Like that, you know, Nazi jokes aside, they are very <laughs> important to the world of, of drinking. Oh, oh yeah. 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 It's where most beer owes, like not just fermented beverages, but beer as we know beer mm-hmm. owes its heritage mm-hmm. to these styles. A lot and, of it comes out of them trying to places just trying to, you know, well, like your, your Bud Miller course and places like that. They were trying, you know, German immigrants or people trying to copy old recipes from back home and sell them here. Yeah. Um, so. this is pre Super Bowl recording and there's so much buzz on the internet right now about the immigrant positive ad that, uh, Anheuser-Busch is going to run during the Super Bowl. It's going to talk about uh, the immigrants coming over to brew a beer for all of America. Hmm. And there's a lot of butthurt floating around on the internet about that. <laughs> but that's what we owe. Like, we owe our current drinking. Like, if you're enjoying a beer, you owe it to immigrants. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into what we're drinking. Drink with me, friend. Yeah. All right. Uh, the first in a series of non-alcoholic what she's drinkings. Uh, yeah. Um, well, to be fair, I had I had I've had one beer the entire weekend, and that I was just I was waiting to save it for the Braxton event we went to yesterday, which we're not going to go in detail about. But you know, you guys are sick of hearing about yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> they had a big launch, and we went, and um, I had one of uh, well, actually, I had one that. I, I particularly love from there, and I, I tried a drink of the launch beer, and that's kind of where we went. But, um, no, today I was just having kind of some stomach problems, and so I had a LaCroix sparkling water. That's all I've been drinking right now, because huh. I need some water. And a tea. Don't forget your chai tea. Yeah, I had a chai tea with milk. <laughs> See, I almost went with tea tonight, but I was like, oh, they'll call me a pansy. I would have. So, no, no. no yeah. in future episodes, I, once we can actually get, like, a kettle, too, like, we don't have a kettle, but, like... Mm-hmm. Um, because the the Keurig tea just, is not the same. <laughs> I just want you to have a pot next to your kettle with a little sign that just says, "You sir are black." <laughs> I, that will happen, I'm sure. Um, but you no. What, tell Casey about the. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So um, we went when we were looking around um, some neighborhoods today uh, because reasons. Um, there is a tea room in Bellevue, Kentucky. That we so have to go to. Oh, <laughs> yes, we do. I would like literally driving by and you see like this cute little table and there's like a teapot with and like the, there's just people at the table talking and like I was like, oh, my gosh, we are going there. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't Yeah, yet. We have to be there. I don't know when it was or what we had done. I think we were drinking the night before and but Bob and I stumbled on a tea room in Lexington. Oh yes. And we ended up like yes. having little tiny finger sandwiches and oh a, a little pot of tea. And it was the quaintest we, little thing. And we also realized afterwards that they would have given us paninis. Oh, yeah. you could have had, had real they sandwiches. Had a big sandwich press that we didn't realize until we were leaving. Yeah. Oh. I got like a cucumber and cream cheese sandwich. And like, I thought it was just like cold sandwiches or something, but no, apparently See, they had good, like large sandwiches. When me we and were... Ian were in Scotland, we ended up in a tea room and we promptly like ate them out of business. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, well, that was the appetizer. Where do we actually get lunch? <laughs> yeah. You don't oh, go no, there sir, if that's, you're hungry. That's I the mean... whole thing. And you just look at me and go, I'm going to need all of your bacon and eggs. <laughs> And that's when All we of found your cucumber some sandwiches. horrid 
Indian restaurant, and we should. It there was like shawarma on the menu, like you could see the meat spinning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're like, hmm, let's go in there. And I was like, they have pizza on the menu. I want a pizza. And then I had it, and I was like, this is disgusting. I feel like I have parasites now. Well, because why you would did. you get pizza at, a, at like no? You would you get shawarma at the Indian restaurant? Like that's the thing that happens. Well, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe you got the good kind of kind of worms though that you know maybe take over so. your body and give you abs. No. <laughs> I can glance down and tell you no. No, that is not the case. <laughs> There's a jiggle that says otherwise. But yeah, circling around here. Uh, yes, future episodes where I really have to be watching, drinking and stuff. Have a tea. Yes, it, it will be very much a have a tea kind of situation. So uh, just a fair <laughs> warning there. We're going to give a special bumper for her that's just, you know, hail Britannia. I know. I need to find some British as crap, like, dun, sound bite. Down Abbey thing. Dun, 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 dun. In, in all seriousness, I have, like, really picked up on tea drinking, but that's just because it's inappropriate to drink beer at work. No, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, tea's, tea's fine. I like tea. I'm, I'm all, I'm all for tea. Tea just doesn't get me drunk, so... Exactly. No, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. All right. Justin, what are you drinking? Well... <clears throat> I'm drinking a Weinstefaner Hefeweiss beer. Dunkel. Weinstefaner. Weinstefaner. Those W's Weinstefaner. are V's. You're a V. I am. <laughs> Weinstefaner. Uh, it's, I don't want to say the brewery name. I was going to say, are you going to say that? <laughs> Come on. Nope. Weinstefaner. Weinstefaner. Say Weinstefaner. <laughs> uh, it's a Dunkelweiss uh, it's 5.3 ABV, IBUs of 4. It's a rate beer score of 93. Uh, I think it's 93 for style. Oh, 93 overall and 99 for style. I can see that. I mean, we did uh, their fest beer back at the Madison yeah. Bowl. And they didn't win, but they were high up there. Yeah, this, this has been really nice. Uh, I... It's <laughs> I was like, oh, I need I, I spent forever staring at German beers today trying to decide <laughs> what to pick up. And I'm just going, uh, uh, I, I, I was nine, going full nine, 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 <laughs> nine, uh, but finally I settled on this and it's got a very fruity quality that I, I don't think I was quite expecting. Um, it, there's something about it that's got like a nice little uh, fruitiness near the end, uh, but it, you know, it's really nice. It's a nice cloudy wheat beer. I, I can't say you know it's it's one of the more recommended, you know, Dunkelweiss. So, you know, go get it. Oh yeah, completely. If you can't find a uh, fresh uh, Hofbrau Dunkel, find Stefaner. All right. Mm. Mm. Okay, so I uh, had to dive in because there were badges and because (laughs) Casey was my rum runner because work took him to the region where you can get this because the sellout has not yet quite given them distribution platform, which is odd. Uh, I guess, well, how long has it been since they sold? It's not been quite a year yet. Six months or so. Six months, yeah. We still have, it'll be a while before we see anything like that. I can't wait for it to get here, considering we're just a state over. Um, <laughs> Shoot all around us. You know how this goes. <laughs> Do I have to jump on my platform again about Yingling uh, moving not. to Indiana and not, not coming to Kentucky? Okay. 
Um, I'm drinking a Vienna Lager uh, from Devil's Backbone. Uh, the style is an amber lager. It's only about 4.9%. It's not going to not gonna need to tank off of just one or two. Pretty sessionable. Uh, IBUs are only 18. And the rate beer score is kind of... It's, it's one of those scores you would expect to see from something that Justin's drinking. <laughs> so the overall mm-hmm. score is a 47, and for the style, it's a 92. So there's always, when you see something that far off, when there's a difference like that, something's going on. And me and Casey were talking about this kind of in the pre-show, how we think it's uh, possibly from their sellout to ABM Bev. So this beer is being rated down like that when it's multiple-time gold medal winner from uh, Great American Beer Fest. Like, it yeah. was pulling years in a row gold medals. Hmm. It may also be, you know, it's it's just, it could be a, a sense of, like, what what the the flavors at the moment are, are leaning towards because, I don't know. I don't know exactly how they're you know how their their scoring works on it but yeah it's certainly not like uh you know the hophead dream or anything like that yeah oh no but, but it's i mean for its style it is for an amber yeah. lager it's amazing and just in general i think it's a really good i would say table beer i mean you can it's very yeah. versatile you could take it you could take this beer camping and be fine with it you could have it for dinner, and it'll pretty much go with just about anything you're going to be eating because the, the flavor is pretty powerful. So it, you're going to get the flavor with almost anything you're eating, and it's not going to overpower whatever you're eating as well. Take it out for a nice night on the town. <laughs> you know, may, maybe a nice intimate evening alone. You could sit there and have a few and it's friends. I mean, that's why that's why there were two badges, and that's why I had to get both badges while we were recording. <laughs> But anyway, uh, I would recommend it. And yeah, well, I I recommend it, but unless you live in Virginia, you're not getting it. Mm. Or is it West Virginia? Virginia. For now. (laughs) For now. Casey, what are you drinking? So another regional uh, specialty from Funky Buddha. I have their Nib Smuggler, a uh, seasonal specialty for December through February. Mm. Um, a chocolate milk porter oh. made with cacao nibs. That Ooh. sounds amazing. Please yeah. tell me you have one left over. <laughs> <laughs> I was only able nibs. to find one, um, but I'll, I'll be able to get some next year, I'm sure. Um, 6.3 ABV. And then 35 of IBUs, but it's a real smooth. It actually that that is perfect on the the bitterness. It perfectly balances this out, because even with that, um, there's not a whole lot of residual sweetness, but the chocolate nibs make it seem sweet. So it tastes like a really good like 60% chocolate, 60% cacao um, chocolate bar, and maybe mm. even a little bit more, 65, 70% cacao. So it's a it's delicious, absolutely delicious. That See, sound. I think that goes back to I. I still maintain when they use the cacao nibs, the the taste is so much better. Mm-hmm. Nibs over powder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Nibs over powder. <laughs> At every day of the week, I was just having some more liquid Advent before we started this. Oh yeah, yeah. And I just because that's with nibs and uh, nibs and husks are what they use to make that. And it's uh, we had a friend that I gave a can to, 
and he akined it to uh, Shukaveza, only the chili stands out more. And I think it's because of the use of the nibs, because it gives you the chocolate flavor, but it doesn't dumb down the chili. Mm. Mm. Yep. Yeah. So this one, I mean, this one is very much uh, a chuggable, quaffable beer. Uh, it came in at a 97. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. It's a good score. Must find. And where is Funky Buddha out of again? Florida. Oh, okay. So they're out of uh, the east coast of Florida. Can you um, only get it there? Or it's out of, of Florida. <laughs> Where what'd you say, Britt? Can you only get it there? They may distribute other areas, not too too much further though, I don't think. Um maybe Georgia possibly. Okay. But it's a uh I don't know. Maybe some more in the south. But you not always in hear Kentucky, about them, but yeah, currently. yeah, obviously. I mean, <laughs> speaking of Florida, uh, we're gonna go into El Coco Watch. We need, <laughs> we need, a, we need a sounder. Uh, has, has there been any movement on El Coco? So I did a search uh, this past week, and they haven't listed it on their site yet, and it's got me worried because they were supposed to have it on there within. Because um, I, I sent a message to the vendor at um, Cigar City, and they wrote me back and said, yeah, be looking forward. It takes a few weeks for that site to update, um, and it should have been updated by now, and there's no mention of it on the main dropdown, and there's no mention of it underneath the uh, Nitro Beer line either. Ooh. So I'm getting even more and more antsy because <laughs> we've only got like three more weeks before it's supposed to be gone. Yeah, the, and it's draft mm-hmm. only, so it's going to only be wherever it's going to hit for a few days. Mm-hmm. If that, jeez. All right. And so now, like now I'm now I'm investigating. <laughs> call. Where, where was it was going to hit? It was it wasn't Georgia? There was going to be like somewhere nearby Virginia. 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 Start calling random, <laughs> random pubs and places in Virginia. What I really Coco? should do is call over to nope, a. No, nope, no, it's um, on the site. It is on the site. It's oh, on now. Oh. El Coco is live. Where is El Coco? <laughs> Uh, it just says uh, their beer special releases El Coco on draft. On Tropical draft. coconut flan ale. Where? Can you get a growler? <laughs> I don't. I will, can you get a howler at least? I, I will send you with whichever. <laughs> I don't know where they're at. I'm trying to figure out from their site to tell me. They may be going on it. a drunken beer run tonight, everyone. <laughs> it's like they will right? be packing I'm their... off. I'm off work tomorrow, Casey. Let's go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> to the secret oh. mission to uncharted space. Let's go. You drive. That's fine. You just need to get up here. That'll work. Okay. So I think that's gonna wrap us up this time. All right. Uh, we don't have any announcements, did we? No, not really. So. Okay. No, just, we're being, we're being boring. Yeah. Tune in next time for our uh, uh, video show next week. Right. Yes. Which. Okay. Yeah. That's true. I was just making sure I didn't forget anything. Maybe the computer yeah. won't delete this one. Oh, let's not even. Fingers crossed. Yeah, <laughs> hold my breath. Um, okay. Well, um, <laughs> so uh, be sure to subscribe to uh, this or when it's available, the video feed, um, <laughs> and also get some great resources, uh, beer related and otherwise, at haveadrinkshow.com. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at haveadrinkshow, and then. We ask you to please rate us on iTunes. We actually do still have a swag bag uh, situation, <laughs> which um, which you go, no one is entered for. Yeah, so, if you go leave a yeah. uh, leave us a good review on iTunes, like a, a five star review, but specifically when you're writing the review part, put your um, least favorite beer in the subject and the 
description of your favorite beer in the body. And we're going to do a random um, drawing to give away a swag bag. And we will contact the person who wins. So by the end of February. With more of you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> by true. the end of February, we're going to do this. And if there is nothing, if you're the only one on there, then you just get it. But yeah, the review has to be in that manner. So yeah. least favorite beer with uh, best beer description. But go and rate, and if you're the only one, you kind of win it by default. And if there aren't any, then we're probably just going to give the swag bag to one of our friends that happen to listen. <laughs> sure. Although if they rated, you'd guarantee that they'd be the one. Exactly. True. So if one True. of them were to go and do this, hint, hint, <laughs> you get it automatically. Yes. All right. And uh, don't forget, you can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or leave some general feedback. Uh, just use the email address, feedback at com, And you can also use the feedback page on the website. And all joking and fun aside, we like to remind everyone, please drink responsibly. Don't be like me. <laughs> don't, don't be a Justin. All right. Um, so aside from the video show, you can check us out in another couple of weeks for the next audio episode. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. See you next time. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.